remember uh you don't remember the Michael Franti and Spearhead phenomenon that swept through the uh Midwest <laughs> in the early aughts? Come on, man. He was uh, at every a little preoccupied serving our country. I think you that. were fighting, yes. Yes, yes that's correct. <laughs> I was uh I was boogieing my woogie down at the festival scene during those times. And uh, sure enough, if you were hitting up the festivals, like if you were going to summer camp or summer fest or anything with summer in it, or uh, maybe even Bonnaroo, right? Any of those good times. Mm -hmm. You were definitely, uh, you were there to see like fish, mo, umphreys, maybe some formulation of the Grateful Dead with half the members, you know? Uh, but then also, before any of those major acts, you would always get a little Michael Franti and Spearhead on the side stage, no matter what. You were guaranteed a treat during the sunshine hours of, uh, Michael Franti and Spearhead. Mm. Yeah, man. And, uh, he's a very positive guy, a very positive, upbeat music, and he would go up there and he, he would say, how you feeling, about every two minutes. Nice. Yeah, he would always be very interested in how the crowd was feeling. And everyone would, you know, whoop and holler and, you know, respond back in, very, uh, in a very positive manner. And then they'd continue jamming, and then he'd do some rapping. And then, uh, you know, he would lean into the audience, how, how y'all feeling? And everyone would be like, yeah, we're feeling good, you know, right back at you, Michael. And uh, that's kind of how the show would go. I think they made one song that I know. They hit the pop music level, like the, the radio. There was some radio stuff uh, going on with the Michael Franti and the Spearhead. You know, he he ended up doing some of his own solo stuff and doing kind of duets with famous ladies and maybe even mm. fellas, possibly a lady <laughs> fella here or there. I'm not too sure, but. I was, I was literally going to say I never heard of these guys. I have two songs on my playlist. Yeah, no, everybody uh, knows the, the Sound of Sunshine. There you and go. See? Say, hey. see? See how positive our Sound of Sunshine. You can't get more positive. Yeah, you're than right. That. That's yeah. a very upbeat song. Good call. This dude, Michael Franti, he comes to Red Rocks every summer. And part of his whole thing is he does a show one night, but the day before, he hosts like a two hour long yoga session on the rocks. That's gay. I know. I knew you would like that one. <laughs> <laughs> immediately, uh, I'm deleting his songs right now. I and felt you like... support that kind of... So, uh... Th that's what's ruining America, Mr. Franti. Nah, the guys, he's a good dude. A uh, big supporter of, um, you know, people's civil rights around the world. He was a big anti-Bush guy back in the early uh, aughts. And he mm. uh, was a big, you know, anti-war spokesperson dude infused a lot of his lyrics with that kind of action. I remember seeing him interviewed on Democracy Now! once or twice. So, you know, Amy Goodman is a fan, and you know how much I love Amy Goodman, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I've either never heard way. him on there. Yeah, he's, he's, he's dabbled. He's definitely dabbled. Dabbled? All right. He's, he's a dabble, too. dabbler. Yeah, he's a dabbler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, here we are. It's Sunday. Happy Sunday. We made it, Mike. How are you? How's the weekend? How's Chicago? Chicago going good. Uh, you know, I did uh, I did my famous little, my favorite thing to do on uh, Saturdays. Per There's a scrapyard right next to a dispensary. Ooh. And it's like three blocks away from my favorite Mexican restaurant. So it's just the triple, the triple win. Yeah, you know man. I mean? You go there, you sell your brass, you take that money, you go get a little bit of weed, <laughs> and then you go to the lick, and then you go to the, uh, go get yourself some burritos. You know, <laughs> like you any, know where it like is. It's right, it, it's right by uh, JJ's factory. Oh yeah, I know exactly where that is. Actually, yeah, <laughs> kind of crazy. I could probably drive there from here. Eyes <laughs> <I was> closed. <laughs> oh, that's funny. We also have our own Saturday uh, weed gathering routine. We do about every two or three weeks. Whenever we kind of run low, uh, you know, we go for the big stash grab and because there's two of us you can double up on the purchasing power right one person right. can get the ounce the other person can kind of get all the uh you know fluff stuff and the the, the fun concentrates and what have you and so we do a loop and we go sort of into the city and uh stop at this 
place that it's a uh, it's connected to the grow. So you're getting mm. from the source there, you know. Fresh. Yeah. It's awesome. It's it, and it's cheap. Farm to table, if you will. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Farm to table in the weed world, man. <laughs> and it's cheap because it's there's very little transport going on and every you know it's, it's it's good stuff. It's hard to find that kind of action in Colorado these days. Everything was outsourced to the major corporations. So when it comes to weed, it's like, uh, do you want McDonald's, Burger King, or Wendy's? Right. That's right. kind of what it you know it turned into. So every now and then you can find your own little privately owned burger shacks if you will and score yourself some homegrown but uh we we always go there and then we kind of loop it it's a bit of a drive because we're on the side streets but we take take some side streets down to this uh little italian joint and we get some subs and some bread and cookies and it's a family-owned place and it's our favorite thing to do on saturdays and we do it like once a month i would say i wish i could do it more I, sh- I yeah. should start uh, smoking more weed. If I smoke more weed, then maybe I can you know, increase the amount of times to do the trick. <clears throat> no, buy less, and then you got to do it more often. That's what I do. I think my idea is better. I'll be more high, and I'll be smoking all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, but then you'll lose the job, and you won't have any money to do the trick. <laughs> I've, I've gone down that road many a times. Oh man, very very true. But uh, that road always leads to your grandma's basement for some reason. Oh yeah, that's right. That's where. Uh, well, everyone's got to be careful now, man. COVID's back. I don't know if you've uh, been catching this all over the news. I, I have no clips, luckily today. No Fauci. Uh, fortunately mm-hmm. for everyone, I'll spare you. But uh, no, I, that one's not working. I'm seeing. <laughs> I'm seeing it everywhere, dude. People are getting back. They're excited. I think there's going to be <laughs> lockdowns. I was catching in uh, on a little Alex Jones last night or two nights ago, and uh, he, he was getting confirmation from his inside sources that we are absolutely in for major lockdowns in the next few months. Uh, we'll see. All right, all right. We'll I'd see. Like I mean, it. I wouldn't be as scared because it's a virus that doesn't kill anybody, but we are such pussies. Did, did you see this guy in the cave? <laughs> We're getting, we're, we're doing it. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta jump into it. This one has been bothering me now caveman? for like three days. Yeah, caveman has been kind of an upsetting story, uh, especially considering <laughs> we're dedicating all these international sources to this jabroni in a cave who's got diarrhea. <laughs> he got diarrhea. Two thousand, two thousand people just perished overnight in an earthquake in Morocco. <laughs> Let's continue dedicating international sources to this idiot in the cave. And the news are reporting on it. Why? Why? All right. I... Who, who the fuck cares about this asshole in a cave? We need a distraction of some sort, and the you know news has been light since Labor Day weekend, so we got to do it, right? Caveman, it's all over the news, baby. This morning, an international effort underway to rescue an American explorer trapped more than 3,000 feet deep in a Turkish cave. And this is, years, this is a year after the earthquake in turkey that killed a ton of people if i'm not mistaken i'm <laughs> not there to save those people i gotta tell you the only reason this thing keeps popping up on my news feed is because for the last three months i've looked at everything related to turkey just waiting to hear turkey turkey yeah they dropped it <laughs> they dropped it pretty soon it's back to kiev i'm telling you we're, we're gonna Turk-i-y be back to kiev was never a thing never a thing <laughs> i'm gonna dig it up man i know it's out there <laughs> Either that or uh, I got whatever Justin Bieber has going on. Uh, you know, it's just uh, hasn't hit my face yet. Right? Bell's palsy? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You got it in the, in the brain for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, this big mosquito did get me yesterday. I killed it, <laughs> and I said, damn you, Bill Gates! Damn you! He got me again, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's a caveman. He's stuck in Turk IA. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna dedicate international resources to save this man. I'm excited for this. Crews rappelling half a mile down to save 40 year old Mark Dickey, a skilled New Jersey caver. On I a mean, his name's Dickey. I know, Dickey. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Can't take you seriously. Have you got diarrhea? Oh, okay, go ahead. Clips oh over. My God. We got the guy named Dickey who's got diarrhea. This is fantastic. 
at the Morja cave when he fell critically ill, suffering from stomach bleeding, semi-conscious for days. Rescuers bringing blood and life-saving medical supplies with them. Dickie emotional, thanking them. The quick response of the Turkish government to get the medical supplies that I needed, uh, in my opinion, saved my life. Dickey, the chief rescuer on a New Jersey team, now being rescued himself by a team of more than 170 workers. This is very complex care rescue operation. Are you the fucking kidding me right care. now? The rescuers now prepare. That's approximately how many people they and resources they dedicated after the earthquake hit uh, Turkey and Syria. <laughs> it's interesting. Same, same guy, same team. It's more people that have landed in Maui. <laughs> oh, man. Well, what's that? We're waiting for boats. Is that what, what are we? What are we waiting for? Oh, for Oprah to buy all the land. Okay. Yeah, Oprah and the Rock, man. The Rock's gonna film his next movie there. There's a lot of talk, man. Oprah. She might have done it. You think Oprah pulled the trigger on the direct energy weapon? Are you ready for a little controversy? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it just seems a little suspicious that Oprah Winfrey tends to buy some land or a house, and then the land that's next to it, that's not for sale, that she really wants, happens to burn down. That's and right. And then she gets it. It happened in California, now it's happening in Maui. Yeah, man, it happened here in Colorado. They burnt down some really nice areas, and then all of a sudden some billionaires came in and built some really nice properties. Real, it's uh, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's smart. Doesn't it then make you think about the Great Fire of San Francisco and the Great Fire of Chicago and oh, every city? The cow? Every, yeah, I think the, the cow was Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> oh, 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 man. <laughs> We're canceled. Oprah was walking around Maui, accidentally kicked over a lantern. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, we can only say that because we're from Chicago and we grew up when Oprah was fat. We all remember. <laughs> we <laughs> well, remember that's my whole thing Oprah. too. Is like <laughs> when people talk about uh, uh, talk about Oprah. Oh no, not Oprah. What do you mean not Oprah? Name one good person from Chicago that wouldn't do that. Yeah, man. There's a lot of stuff about Oprah linking her to like child allegedly child sex slavery rings and Epstein and. It's a weird picture of her and Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks has the classic black eye that all those weirdos get from when they take Andrenochrome. It's like the side effect of Andrenochrome, and this is, they all love Andrenochrome, man. Dude, I've been going down like an 80s binge. I'm loving this writer's strike. Me too. Uh, Dude, I watched Ronin last night. Oh, no way. I watched Midnight Run and Dragnet. Oh, Oh man, Dragnet, dude, kind of really taps into the whole like uh, secret society yeah, worship sure. of like you know devils and all that uh, good stuff, and slightly That's kind tough. of Bohemian uh, Grove action. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, with the whole pagan they ritual, got, got the pagan ritual. They got the uh, virgin sacrifice, and uh, yeah. you know, by the way, Tom Hanks. That's what I was thinking about, yeah. Hey, man. There's something creepy about Tom Hanks. I've been railing on him for a while here on the show, and I'm going to I'm gonna continue and potentially double down. Hmm. I believe he's the next Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> Who was Wilson, really? <laughs> oh, man. Well, Tom Hanks uh, knows a thing or two about living in caves. He did it for that uh, movie, right? Wasn't he living in a cave a little bit for the... Uh, uh, what was it? Lost on the Island? What was he? What? Island oh, Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wilson? Uh, Wilson, yeah, yeah. Survivor? What was that, uh, Can't I remember Return the... to Sender? <laughs> FedEx? It was the FedEx <laughs> movie. <laughs> the whole movie was just a, it was a gigantic FedEx commercial. The moral of the entire movie was uh, Cast even away. if the plane crashes, we will get that package to you 20 years later. <laughs> FedEx After we rescue the man. <laughs> FedEx always delivers. That's the story. <laughs> yeah, Cast, cast away. away. Yeah, was that who directed that? Was that some Ron Howard BS or uh, 
It probably was Steven Spielberg. No, no, it wasn't Spielberg. No Spielberg because there were no kids involved. Spielberg only does the movie if there's like a bunch of eight-year-old kids. Fucking weirdo, dude. I swear to God, Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, Zemeckis. I think he did, uh, he may have been the, um, one of the geniuses behind Back to the Future. I could be wrong, but uh, I think he possibly involved. Either way, uh, Castaway, all right. I'll give it an all right. I'll give it an all right. Either way, uh, it takes place partially on an island, and there's moments in a cave, and we are talking about a super deep cave, and we're talking about a man <laughs> trapped in the cave. Mike's With been diarrhea. Dying. He's got diarrhea, and uh, we're said dedicating. He can't climb out. We're dedicating 170 international rescue operators to save this man. Keep that in mind here. Preparing for the treacherous journey back. I'm up. I'm alert. I'm talking, uh, but I'm not healed on the inside yet. So I'm gonna need a, a lot of help to get out of here. According You're to the rescue organization. <laughs> you fucking pussy. Isn't that when it comes to? Doing adventurous activities, you Ugh. know, and, and exploring treacherous places, you could die. And if you are unable to return, you die. That's part yeah. of the adventure and being an adventurer, right? So don't go if you're a pussy. And plus, 170 people. Dude, I know a guy. He was one of my four drill sergeants. That's the only man you needed to send down there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we don't have a Rambo or, you know. You send in a drill sergeant who goes up to him and says, uh, are you breathing? And the minute the guy says, no, I can't. Like, I, he goes, well, you're talking, so you're breathing, which means you're alive, which means you have it in you to get the fuck out of here. Then yes. you leave him alone. Let we, him figure it out. We should send in the uh, carry the boat fella, David Ghibli. What's the guy's name? <laughs> Goggins. Goggins. David. Yeah, Goggins would just carry him out like he was a boat. I think he would. We should send him in to just motivate the dude to get up off his ass and climb out of the cave. Oh, that guy! That guy will climb out after three days of listening to David Goggins. That's what I'm saying. You just get him in there to talk him out of there. Yeah, good call. Yeah, Mot- 170 people. Come on, you just have ridiculous. 170 of the wrong guys. Also, again, uh, and we could finish it if we want. They they really are hammering that this is an explorer and you know he's an adventurer. And I I just think like, well, that's part of the gig. You know, yeah, when, when know. they sailed the seas, not knowing whether, you know, they would find land, they expected to die, man. So Fred, like- <laughs> you didn't read about the international rescue mission where 170 people went to go rescue Marco Polo? <laughs> <laughs> That's when right. Lewis and Clark, they were lost in the middle of the Americas. <laughs> it was an international rescue mission. That's right, man. Mexico, Canada, we were all involved. It was incredible. It's great. It's heartwarming. <laughs> it's <was> beautiful. <laughs> this is why I love to how they act like, oh, Turkey's, oh, the Turkish government. They, you know, dude, the Turkish government just doesn't want an ad, uh, international like issue. You know what I mean? They don't want an American dying on their soil. That's all. Yes, so they are pulling out all stops. They are going to save this man, or at least pull. Oh, his... they're, pla- they're they're practically bankrupt. They're gonna. They're still... <laughs> There's still people dying in the rubble from that earthquake. <laughs> There's a new earthquake in Morocco. We're dedicating zero resources. No, we got to get this dude with diarrhea out of the cave. Yeah, you know what? You're right, man. That is like the risk you take. You go down this hole and you can't get yourself back up. Let's Sorry, take, Charlie. <laughs> let's take 169 of those 170. Or 168. We'll leave two guys to help this fella. And then the rest of them can go to <laughs> Lahaina and start rebuilding the uh, community for these people. How about that? No, I, no, no. Listen, man. I'm not even two people. Listen, why is Mount Everest? Mount Everest is like the only one. Where you go up there, you can't make it back, they just leave you. Yeah, Yellow Boots, or whatever. The, I think his name is... Oh, you know, oh, there's a whole, the there's a whole bunch there's of There's a dude who marks the path. Yeah, you just become a marker. <laughs> a mile marker. <laughs> you yes. Know? But especially in Why the cave. Is but like everywhere else, the stupid submarine that went down, this guy in the cave that went down. Listen, you go on these missions and you can't come back. We ain't coming.
good Just call. like Mount Everest. You just became a mile marker. You know what we might do? You submarine that crash. We might put the rubble into an arrow to point the next submarine towards the Titanic. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just became a mile marker on the bottom of the ocean. You just are, uh, uh, this dude in the cave to me, it's like, man, you chose your fate by, your fate by yes. going into this cave. Like, you, you knew, you assumed the risk. You knew you had ir- irritable bowel or whatever. I mean, you can't handle <laughs> some spicy food. It makes you think you can handle a 3,000-foot cave, pussy. Stay in America. <laughs> he only Stay brought, home. He only brought three months' worth of Pepto-Bismol. All right? He's having a, <laughs> <laughs> having a major issue here, man. <laughs> you know what? Now that I think about it, it is fair that Turkey spends all this money. It was your fucking shitty food that put him there. I guarantee <laughs> no, it. That's right. I've, I've eaten at those fucking Middle Eastern restaurants, dude. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> They're just funny. You eat that red shit they dip the bread in. It's spicy and good as hell. But man, for three days, your ass is bleeding. You are, <laughs> shitting, you are shitting blood, man. I like the idea of they send these rescuers down. It takes them like four days to find the guy. And, you know, they find him. They got the cameras on him. He goes, no, nope, sorry. It was just uh, bad, <laughs> bad curry. Yeah, it was red. I thought it was blood. I couldn't move. <laughs> I was bent over. You don't understand. It was really bad, man. It was like red diarrhea. You would have been scared, too. You know, they did warn me, don't eat from the street vendors. They did <laughs> warn me. You, you know, are there street vendors down in this cave? Like, how is he eating down there? <laughs> no, they sent him the... Did you see the meals they're eating? Did the whole <laughs> no. thing... It pissed me off so much. I was so infuriated. Because you they like, they're like, we're going to show you inside the cave. <laughs> And it's like, they sent down, like, lights and everything. This guy's got, like, a little cooking area. I mean, this guy's <laughs> living better than Mike the Plumber, who's in a basement sleeping on a couch. I mean, I'm telling you right now. It's just so unreal to me that... And, and, he, and he's going out of the camera. He's like, you can see I'm standing. And yeah, you're standing. Stand yourself off the fucking cave. Get out of the fucking cave. Get the fuck out of the cave. You're, you're okay. You're good enough to stand up and set up this fucking luxury, like, dude, you're talking to the cameras. I know, he's dude, standing. You, you have enough energy to get yourself out of the fucking cave. Get out of the cave. Like, they make it seem like he, he should be bedridden or something. He's standing up. He's, like, moving around, dude. Oh, I, I, dude, when I first read it, you read the headline. It's like, oh, American stuck 3,000 feet down. You're like, oh, would Abby break his back? Did he break his leg? Nah, he had the poopies. <laughs> <laughs> Now he shit himself. It's really you know, embarrassing. It's not, it's not an international <laughs> emergency, man. This guy's got to be from Seattle. <laughs> this guy's got Seattle written all over. I think when you texted me, I think I responded with something like, "This is a he must be from Boulder, Colorado." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guarantee you one thing: he voted for Biden. This is, you know, in Turkey, you could keep him because we don't need these Biden. It's the less Biden voters, the better. Guaranteed, a dude. Uh, oh yeah, I said um, he looks like every single fifty-year-old dude in Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the Patagonia jacket, uh, and it's it, yeah. I can't believe I can't get out of here. I bought all this stuff at RRI. I, 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 I said, no, I, you know I, what I happened is this dude's a vegan. He's been been eating soy bars for the last ten years, and for the first time, he ate some meat, and his body just completely went into like convulsions. Oh, you think that's what it was? He ran out of his soy bars. Or he was eating soy for so long, and then he went down this cave. He went to climb up, and his body just laughed at him. <laughs> you've, been just... feeding, you've been feeding me soy, you f- it. What do you think I'm going to do, <laughs> climb 3,000 feet? He's just like... And bone... his body just shit itself. Like, oh, yeah. Bone and skin, dude. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Dude, let this guy die. This guy's not worth 170 people. Oh, man. This is uh, one of the good ones for sure. Uh, what a uh, way. Let know. him die. Yeah, well, I, I got more. No, not let him die. Let him uh, Leave him to his own. Like, let him, let him figure it out himself. Listen, I just, if Batman could escape from that prison, you know, you had yes. to climb out that, you know, this guy can do it too. Yeah, maybe this guy could be our future Batman that we've needed in Gothic, or Gotham City. Or Chicago. Which which one? Oh, okay. Yeah, we got oh, like four of them. Chicago is the Gotham City. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. 
Uh, do you want to finish the rest, or I feel like we've covered Caveman uh, pretty much in Yeah, it's just going to piss me off more. We've got nothing yeah. left on that idiot. Uh, well, this is airing uh, tomorrow. Uh, today it is uh, 9-11 that this episode is airing. Oh, wow, never forget. Never forget. Well, Joe Biden's team is forgetting because he will be the first president in 20 years to not commemorate 9-11 in America. He'll be on his flight back from the G20 summit. In Thailand. Uh, I think okay. this is the cap, the icing of the cake, <laughs> the shit cake of we truly do not care about this country. You all can no. go fuck yourselves. <laughs> no, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Goodbye. The, that's it. The World it. Economic Forum owns America. It's over, man. This corporation is bought and sold, baby, and they don't even pretend anymore. Never forget, oh. according to the Biden administration, long forgotten. That's it. You know why they have to forget about it? Because you think 9-11, now you start to think about mm, Afghanistan pull-out. <laughs> That's right. Dude. You know? Like, the, <laughs> the closing chapter to the 9-11 saga is the disastrous withdrawal. Wow. Which yeah. I don't know if you've noticed the refresh on that. But it's been nothing but left-wing pundits coming on these shows and talking about how it might have been a little sloppy, but it was actually the, one of the greatest things. No, get out of here. There's no way. No way. I swear to God. No, they, I don't They keep that. talking about how, like, you can criticize the execution, but you can only criticize the execution so much. We need to look at the outcome. <laughs> oh, the outcome? Oh. It's not looking too good if you're a female over in Afghanistan right now. No, f- Frank, stupid. The outcome for America. <laughs> it, it loosened up a whole bunch of money that we could spend on uh, Ukraine. That's right, which we're about to cut another uh, billion-something dollar check, it sounds yeah. like, this week. Congratulations. See, see, it's good for America because Afghanistan was giving the Biden family zero dollars, and the Ukraine, they were giving the Biden family millions of dollars. So, <laughs> That's right. It's good for America. Well, uh, I can only assume that they're going to trot out the camel for everything 9-11 only because they're really pushing the camel. Maybe camel's team is pushing camel, uh, but she's been all over the newspapers and a lot of articles about her. She's looking tough, and uh, they're trying to make her look smart in all the pictures. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It looks very funny, very out of character. There was a hilarious clip of her this weekend floating around getting uh, her boogie down at some barbecue somewhere, um, embracing the African culture here in America. She looked, <laughs> she looked kind of funny. You know, because you're in D.C. When you're part of the swamp, you just cannot assimilate with the rest of us normal people. You look no. out of place no matter what. The second you are in the swamp, you are not somebody I can actually have a beer with, ever. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, man, you got to listen to uh, Tim Dillon has uh, Robert Kennedy and his wife Cheryl on. <clears throat> really? Did I just segue uh, into your clip somehow? You did really well. All right, all right. And after that, we got it. I have one on 9-11 that I want to Oh, let's do 9-11. Out. No, no, yeah, let's... You, you actually segued into it like four times that I was like, all right. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to drop a little Tim Dillon. Uh, I only just, no, uh, but... you know, wanted to throw the refresher today at some point. Before we no, go, no, let's do the 9/11. Are do you sure? It's it's an yeah, old yeah, yeah. clip. It's uh from the Corbett Report. If anyone has checked that out, a classic uh, fella in the conspiracy world. Um, I just wanted to. I love this recap. It's a quickie. It's again, like I said, it's an oldie. It's a goodie. It's a classic. But it is, in my opinion, one of the best ways. If I needed to just remind shake someone you know out of their spell for five seconds uh 90 seconds and be like don't you remember uh <laughs> this is it september 11th 2001 19 men armed with box cutters directed by a man on dialysis in a cave fortress halfway around the world using a satellite phone and a laptop directed the most sophisticated penetration of the most heavily defended airspace in the world Overpowering the passengers and the military combat trained pilots on four commercial aircraft before flying those planes wildly off course for over an hour without being molested by a single fighter interceptor. 
These 19 hijackers, devout religious fundamentalists who like to drink alcohol, snort cocaine, and live with pink-haired strippers, managed to knock down three buildings with two planes in New York. While in Washington, a pilot who couldn't handle a single-engine Cessna was able to fly a 757 in an 8,000-foot descending 270-degree corkscrew turn to come exactly level with the ground, hitting the Pentagon in the budget analyst office where DOD staffers were working on the mystery of the $2.3 trillion that Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld had announced missing from the <laughs> Pentagon's coffers in a press conference the day before, on September 10th, 2001. Luckily, the news anchors knew who did it within minutes. Osama bin Laden. The pundits knew within hours. Osama bin Laden. The administration knew within the day. Terrorists who committed these acts and those who harbored them. And the evidence literally fell into the FBI's lap. That a hijacker's passport was found blocks from the World Trade Center <laughs> crash site. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, a bunch of crazy conspiracy theorists demanded an investigation into the greatest attack on American soil in history. That investigation was delayed, underfunded, set up to fail, a conflict of interest, and a cover-up from start to finish. It was based on testimony extracted through torture, the records of which were destroyed. It failed to mention the existence of WTC-7, Able Danger, P-Tech, Sibel Edmonds, OBL and the CIA, and the drills of hijacked aircraft. Able Danger was the simulated live-action replica of 9-11 occurring, and when 9-11 was unfolding, they were over the intercoms asking, is this the simulation or is this reality? Because they were yeah. doing the exact same simulation. At the exact, exact same, same time. Kind of, kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. Being flown into buildings that were being simulated at the precise same time that those events were actually happening. It was lied to by the Pentagon, the CIA, the Bush administration, and as for Bush and Cheney, well, no one knows what they told it because they testified in secret, off the record, not under oath, and behind closed doors. It didn't bother to look at who funded the attacks because that question is ultimately of little practical significance. Still, the 9-11 Commission did brilliantly answering all of the questions the public had, except most of the victim's family members' questions, and pinned blame on all the people responsible, although no one so much as lost their job, determining the attacks were failure of imagination. Because... Nobody our government, at least, and I don't think the prior government that could envision flying airplanes into buildings. Yeah, but except our government did envision flying planes into buildings. It was Operation Northwoods, if I'm not mistaken. You could maybe look that up on your magic machine over there. But uh, there was uh, a plan during Kennedy's time in office where they wanted to use airliners flown into buildings to convince the American public it was kosher to go to war with uh, Cuba. And so... <clears throat> We've had these plans. We uh, have always thought about doing it. And like I said, there was uh, an operation in place, a simulation where they were, you know, going through the motions of 9-11 and what occurred. Craziest part about all of it, Mike, Building 7, right? Come on. Yeah, that's the weirdest one. Building that's 7. That's the most unexplained. You're just supposed to forget about it. So uh, we've done some deep dives, plenty of them on Building 7 and 9-11. Uh, I'm totally sold on Inside Job. I even go down the road of I believe those planes were holographic on some level and what we witnessed were just uh, bombings of the buildings. <laughs> <laughs> our government just went full-on war with our country. Uh, Mike, I know you're of the more practical uh, interpretation of 9-11 and the events that unfolded, but uh, you know what a date to remember, man. Probably something that'll be burned in our memories for our lifetime. Yeah. It's a shame that everybody forgot because uh, you really weren't supposed to, you know? You're supposed to never forget. It's the and way it really, it's uh, it really scary is when you talk to, like, like uh, younger people and what they're, because they learn about it in school. Like, tomorrow everybody's, or, yeah, tomorrow everybody's going to, like, learn about it in school, you know? That's right. Yeah, they're going to learn about how, uh... There's got to be something racist and LGBTQ uh, spun <laughs> about it. I can only imagine, right? They got to introduce yeah. that and in some element uh, to the curriculum. But, you know. No, it's no joke. They do talk about how, like, a lot of guys will tell you, like, that is when, like, they kind of use it as a, as a springboard into the conversation of Islamophobia. Oh, that's right. Islamophobic <laughs> movement. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Um, you know, what a weird moment in time and not a wake-up call to the average people, you know, the average folk out there that, like, 
Well, you know, our government is up to some nefarious stuff. I mean, right after these attacks, you know, we didn't necessarily go after the Taliban. We decided that we have to find out the uh, originating uh, place of this yellow cake uranium. And then, uh, oh, oh, we got me- weapons of mass destruction. We're going to go into Iraq. That's right, Iraq. We're going to invade Iraq. We're going to take out Saddam Hussein uh, because of 9-11, right? See? It (laughs) never made any sense at all. (laughs) At all. But that was, like, how it was connected. They're like, well. Yeah, but the way Rumsfeld said it, it was, you know. Rumsfeld said one of the great, is that where he did the, there are the known knowns, there are the unknown (laughs) knowns, and then there are the unknown unknowns. (laughs) <laughs> that's what Isn't were, that what it was? I think so, yeah. And, you know, we're going after the weapons of mass destruction. You want to go down the rabbit hole of the weapons of mass destruction. A lot of theories out there, and the reason this creeps up a lot is because when they had the WikiLeaks leak of all the emails between Podesta and Clinton and all that stuff, uh, one of the interesting little tidbits to float around in the Clinton email exchanges uh, were about her extreme interest in the alleged finding of the body of Gilgamesh <laughs> and, uh, and like the, the supposed like ring portal that he had or whatever, like to other dimensions. I'm not kidding. This is in the WikiLeaks emails between Clinton and some other individuals. And <clears throat> allegedly, the entire, you know, taking over of Iraq, when they were talking about weapons of mass destruction, they were really talking about the fact that Saddam Hussein had discovered the tomb of Gilgamesh and his, like, interdimensional portal device, and they oh, had... Oh, that's why they weren't saying nuclear. And they it's had... far greater yes, than a nuclear bomb. The weapon of mass destruction, and they oh. had to go in there and take out Saddam and capture the device before Saddam could utilize the powers See, of that this. that was a marketing error. They should have said weapon of universal destruction. Wow. Right? Yes. Yeah. Damn, that's... I never heard that. The destruction of the space-time continuum. We would have all understood that. Come on, with man. A bibli- with a biblical weapon? Isn't that like... <laughs> this is supposed to... I thought Gilgamesh, this is like um, Sumerian mythology. Like, this is some of the oldest uh, myth- mythological... You and know. what is his tool you're talking about? It was the Stargate. <clears throat> it was Gilgamesh's Stargate, essentially. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And... Uh, there, there's the these you know theories out there that that is what Hussein discovered, and then that's why 9/11 happens. We're kind of doing the Taliban dance in Afghanistan, but that was really more about owning the opium uh, opium fields, right? So we could kickstart the opium uh, opium epidemic here in America. But the Iraq invasion didn't make a lot of sense, other than we were there to extract something, and we went in took out the leader, extracted the device, and the tomb of Gilgamesh, and uh, now we're here. Uh, Yeah. Or what we extracted was poppy fields, uh, (laughs) oil, cheap oil. I don't think we extracted anything, actually. What I think we did was establish a base the size of Houston, Texas, and we're there forever. (laughs) In the Middle East. (laughs) Yeah. And this all had to do with Poppy Bush, uh, you know, George H.W. and, uh, you know, George Bush and, and their whole, um, you know, ownership of the oil fields. And, you know, there was a lot of uh, a lot of oil going on, a lot of purchasing and, you know, killing for some oil. You got to imagine. Yeah, but it was cheap. We were living large. I was yeah. uh, talking to Emma the other day about <clears throat> the Hummer craze. Everyone had the H. One and then the H three <laughs> and then like wanted to be like Jordan. Dude, you couldn't like. Do you remember how many Hummers used to be on the road? <laughs> it was kind of insane, dude. There was a lot of Hummers, <laughs> and those things like don't even they barely fit in the parking spaces. They're <laughs> they're so stupid, cartoonishly ridiculously so huge, stupid. and you would have these like tiny you know soccer moms just crawling in and out of these things, dude. <laughs> But that was like gas yeah. was like a buck twenty back then. It was incredible. <laughs> <laughs>
it's like nowadays you see all these pickup trucks that are so big and they're like hundred thousand dollar trucks there's no way you're actually i don't know you can't afford that and this is why we got to get out of ukraine this is not a profitable war for us and we got to get back into invading some sort of middle eastern country we got to go back there (laughs) that's the moral of the story here man (laughs) yeah we definitely need to go back to some more profitable wars i don't know what's going on you guys aren't using the military like you should well that's why we got to get rid of biden and move in the camel right she maybe she's got that war hawk mentality Uh, right no they're gonna get rid of her well, I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, we do have uh, the camel in the wing, potentially an RFK <laughs> in the wing. Uh, I know RFK has been making the rounds these days. He's quite the podcast president. You know what I'm saying? He might be the first podcast president. Well, no, he just yeah, well, he said that's his strategy to be the podcast president. Not just podcast, but to go. You know, that's how you're gonna get. That's how you're gonna get the younger vote. You know. Yeah, it's a good call, and he's kind of, if he's going to be the podcast president, he's going to be stepping into the uh, Vivek uh, Rama Shwama Shwama (laughs) Rama Dama Ding Dong territory there. (laughs) Vivek, stay home. (laughs) Nah, actually, just kidding. Uh, He's all right. Rama Shwama? (laughs) He sounds delicious. I can't get over it. His name is just fantastically delicious sounding. Uh, So, you... Caught a little RFK, if I'm not mistaken, on the old Tim Dillon podcast. Yeah, he, Is that he correct? He did a great, it's a great episode. Everybody should go listen to it. Uh, it I, this is why the Democrats are scared of RFK. They're blocking him li- out. He, he's actually being excluded from even being allowed on the ballot. And if he like steps did you into, see that? If he steps into New Hampshire, he, he could be like stripped of his ability to even run in the general election. In like three states, yeah, that's cr- dude. These states are these Democrat states are literally passing laws. Rem- remember when all you heard was Donald Trump was ending American democracy? Right. I mean, <laughs> the left has literally and all they said: if Donald Trump wins, American democracy will be over. He's going to <laughs> he's going to use the DOJ to persecute his political enemies. It's like, dude. You guys are doing everything you were afraid this man was doing. But it's okay, because it's going to keep this man from doing the things you're doing. It's all projection! (laughs) These Democrats, dude, they just project exactly what they say they're going to do, or what the other side is doing, but that's what they're going to do. Man, I got to tell you, we talked about it here all the time. Something flipped between these parties, right? Yes, Me and I mean, you haven't dramatically shifted our views on the world or our ideological beliefs. It These was, parties <laughs> have wildly shifted. Yes, and that was one of the only parts where Bill Maher and Joe Rogan agreed, was that something it, dramatically happened with these political establishments where it, it's almost like this massive group of people are being pushed to the middle together in some weird and, way. Like We're all being re- like grossed out by both sides. And you've heard all the excuses for why in the in the world, right? Oh yeah. At, bo- both sides have their different views of why this is happening, right? That's right, man. Uh, RFK just busted out a fact I have not heard. It's this this guy I have not heard, and I think he really is the first person to explain why we feel that way. Why we look at our parents now and we're like, how have you guys not switched parties? Do you guys not see what's going on? I, this this is a beautiful clip. The job they want. The Democratic Party had always styled itself as kind of the defender of working people and yeah, the defender of economic justice. What happened? Uh, I mean, now I saw this data the other day, and I haven't tra- traced it down to to you know verify it. But I what I read the other day was that 70% of the wealth in this country is now controlled by Democrats um, versus 30% by independents and Republicans. And um, so, and at the time, 10 of the, nine of the 10 top richest counties are now Democrat counties. So it used to be, this is flip-flop from where it was when I was a kid, where the Republicans were the, were the rich, were the oligarchs, and the, um, and the Democrats 
or you know working uh, working poor working people right and, and so it has flipped and you know and uh, you're asking me why well, I, I don't know exactly no i saw i watched it happen well, let me just finish the yeah this like, is interesting US- democratic counties represent 70 percent of u.s gdp yeah. 2020 election shows so that's the 2020 elections chaotic and marked by races too close to call have nonetheless reaffirmed that at least in Washington, the two parties now speak for markedly different segments of the U S economy. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's very interesting yeah. right? because when you and I were growing up, the Democrats represented the poor in the middle. That's right. Class. Yeah. Yeah. I think that explains it. That the, <clears throat> the income or the, uh, the wealth has flipped. Yes. So the, right now, if you look at who votes Democrat, the people who voted for Joe Biden, those people own 70% of the, the wealth in this country. Wow. And that was half the country. You know, then the other half, we're the poor suckers. We only own 30%. And we're the, you know what I mean? That's and right. And we're voting for Republicans. It completely switched. Now, the only reason the Democrats are still winning is because they're living off of just their... Um, uh, what do you call it? Like their reputation. They have right. this reputation still amongst the boomers that, well, the working class, that's the, that's the Democrats. Right. Right. That's right, man. Yeah. Jimmy Carter. Right. He's got the, the, you know, the denim shirt on. He's rolling up the sleeves. He's building the houses. And dude, really all the Republicans need to do is just, you know, get those people, show them like, yo, these Democrats aren't for you anymore. Something happened where the Democratic Party got taken over by the uh, pharmaceutical industrial complex and by Hollywood. So, I mean, it's like all these, the richest people in this country are the ones telling you, you know, how to live and what to do. And that is the Democratic Party. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody just feels grossed out listening to these people, man. They're grossed out. Know. It's Silicon Valley. Yeah. And they're I mean, all crazy. weirdly pedophiles. And all of them, they're but all not gay. Really. All of them are gay. Like, <laughs> but no, not not really. It's like unbelievable if you look at the statistics. Right. Yeah. You're There's saying. like all the if you look at like I think they said it's like if you look at like CEO or executives of these companies who have the highest ESG scores, right? So these are the companies that are they're the ones that are hiring the Dylan Mulvaney's. They're the ones that are out there, you know, they're the ones protesting for the drag queens reading to the kids, right? Right, yes. <laughs> but it's like 98% of them are married with kids. They live in a suburban neighborhood and they send their kids to private schools. So it's, you know, they're not living what they're preaching. That's right, yeah. But they got that sign on their lawn with the, uh, in this house... We are yeah. inclusive of everything and believe of all the colors and, you know, do the gender dance and we got the spectrum, you know, the whole thing. You know what's funny, dude? I haven't seen a single sign this year. I haven't seen Maybe. a sign of anything this year. That's <laughs> been blowing my mind, man. Because been... the signs also said nobody is illegal. I think they're changing their opinion on that. Right. Well, I also, <laughs> I also think, dude, like... They went so hard on the race stuff, and people maybe started to realize a little bit as they shut off the TVs and turned off the jimmies on the late night and no longer have the SNL cramming the crap down their face, probably desubscribed or unsubscribed from Disney Plus because they jacked up the price to 30 bucks a month to, you know, preach uh, BLT sandwich content. Maybe people are like a little refreshed right now and they're kind of, you know, thinking like, ah, you know, maybe I don't need to promote these wild ideologies on my front lawn anymore. Yeah. Maybe I'm being divisive by doing that. For sure you are. You know, maybe I should be more inclusive and not preach my ideologies on the face of my home <laughs> on your front lawn on my lawn you know maybe i'm being kind of a dick by just telling people what i think politically before they even meet me and this goes to both sides yeah. the idiots with the trump flags uh, and you know what i'm saying how about everybody just hang up an american flag 
And if you're from another country, you know what? Go ahead, fella. Hang up that flag, too. Be proud of where you're from. That's fine. But also hang the American flag yeah, up. Yeah, hang the American flag. You came here for a reason, buddy. That's, you know what I'm saying? But, like, let's, let's do uh, that. You came here for a reason. Let's get the signs off. The lawns. And who cares who you vote for? I don't care, and you shouldn't care. Let's get it off the lawns. Let's be inclusive for once and hang the American flag. We can all just be on the same freaking team for once. We can't. We're being divided by the corporations, by the Democrats, man. I'm telling you. Uh, it's a good call about the signs, though. I haven't seen any of those ridiculous, stupid inclusivity signs. I haven't. Uh, the long gone are the days of the BLM uh, fist bump signs that they had everywhere. Oh, yeah, remember dude. those things, dude? Yeah. <laughs> long gone. <laughs> And I'm I'm happy for it because again it's just if you're gonna put that stuff up on your you know property you're just you're immediately you know establishing a side and you know that's uh that's the worst place to uh, and you're an idiot you're off. not helping anybody I used to love it because I'd come to my white neighborhood where I live and half the people got this stupid sign out saying how much they they love black people and the diverse community and this and that you know and it's like and then I go work in the black neighborhood I don't see any of the people from my neighborhood coming to this neighborhood. <laughs> Good call. Well, I tell you what, we are um, we are T minus what? How many months away from the Biden and or Trump signs on the lawns? Last time around, nary a Biden sign to see in any neighborhood. Uh, I am hard pressed to find those eighty-one million voters of his, especially here in a very democratic place. But they're there allegedly. Uh, either way, I. I have not seen many ads going on. I've seen a lot of Trump ads, but I, you know, really can't say that I've seen any proof whatsoever that Joe Biden is actually running for president at this point. Oh, dude, he's running. Have you uh, come across any so, proof I came that this guy is actually doing ad anything? on a podcast? Okay, so this was not a real life, like, I'm sitting at home, I'm watching the game, and, oh, look at that, Joe Biden, 2024 ad. Wow. No, no, this is an ad that's about to air, it's about to start going out in uh, contested uh, areas. Okay, so this is for a purple zone, a purple state, a place where (laughs) they think maybe they have a chance. This is great. The the ad is spectacular, and then I have the response to the ad from the Pod Save America crew. You're psycho, is... man. I was listening to some Pod Save boys uh, the other night. Actually, I I can't say I was able to make it through the entire episode, but that was tough. Yeah, they uh, they just make fun of Trump the whole time. That's it. And then everything, they'll, like, mention Biden. It'll be like, the right is talking about Biden taking money from Ukraine. <laughs> what about Trump? He got indicted on 91 counts. Like, All right, I know, you, I know. We know about the 91 counts. Just, Move on. That right there just summed up Pod Save America right now. It's They're talking <laughs> about Trump, and then they're like, yeah, but I mean, 91. Come on, 91 counts. Joe Biden fell going up the stairs again. But Trump, I mean, how could you vote for somebody that's 91 counts indicted in four different cases? Oh my God, he raped that woman. He's the head of, he's the kingpin of a RICO investigation. <laughs> yeah, dude. So we got a little, it's, gonna, it's a little long because he got the ad and then the reaction oh, to I the Oh, I love ad. it. I'm but a huge fan. This is one of the best clips, maybe clip of the year. So the Biden campaign obviously understands this challenge. And they're releasing a very interesting ad in the swing states. I think it's going up this weekend in swing states that is ostensibly about uh, his trip to Ukraine, but I think is about addressing the age issue. Let's listen. It was the first time in modern history. Very significant moment on the world stage. That an American president went into a war zone not controlled by the United States. A nearly 40-hour journey in and out of Ukraine. President Biden left Washington, D.C. at 4 a.m. on Sunday. He landed in eastern Poland and then took a <laughs> nine-and-a-half-hour train to Kiev. He entered Ukraine under the cover of night. And in the morning, Joe Biden walked shoulder-to-shoulder with our allies in the war-torn streets. That's the quiet strength of a true leader who doesn't back down to a dictator. You host a wildly successful YouTube show called Political Experts React about ads. So uh, please react. 
it's a great ad for the reason <laughs> you said, which is it. And I think this gets to the strategy behind <laughs> addressing Biden's age, which is you have to show, not tell, and show mm. him being active and engaged. Because if you really think about it, and this is partially a result of the way the media has changed over the last few years, it's partially a result of the way Joe Biden has conducted the presidency. But people who are not deeply engaged with political news never see Joe Biden. They never, they never see him speak. They never see an event. They, they're, just, they're not watching the places where Joe Biden is covered. And Donald Trump, because he's a lunatic, and this is not to his benefit most of the time, and Barack Obama, because of sort of the cultural figure he was in a very different media environment, is that people were always seeing Barack Obama and Donald Trump. So if you don't see Joe Biden, and all you ever hear is that Joe Biden's really old, and maybe you see some edited clips from the RNC or some cherry-picked footage that maybe is circulating on social media, and you know he's 80 years old, you're going to think he's too old. But if you, if you have a point of comparison with what the guy's actually doing, you can have a more nuanced take on the age issue. And I think this ad tries to get at that. So first of all, first of all, I love it because... <laughs> The Biden administration, the whole Biden team is like, we need to, we need an example of him being vigorous and youthful. And we're going to do an ad about that to counter the age argument. And the best they could come up with is he sat on a plane for eight hours, then sat on a train for six hours. <laughs> then he took a stroll down the street <laughs> and, he, and he survived. <laughs> Yo, what? What what are you talking about? It's not impressive, man. Eighty year olds <laughs> always wake up at like three in the morning, and they that's what they do: they stroll around aimlessly in a dark neighborhood. <laughs> you literally, you literally uh, just described my grandpa's last vacation itinerary. You know what I love about this is. Their explanation, how like, well, nobody ever sees Joe Biden because they lock him in a basement all the time, <laughs> or we see him boarding a plane on the short steps to go to his vacation home in Delaware or wherever the hell he's at. I had to cut it because it goes, it's too long, but it, like, like three more minutes of this, and then they go back to Trump and uh, they go, why, why are they not talking about Trump's age? And you know why, Frank? You know why, Frank? Because he's indicted in four cases. He's got 91 felonies. They don't have time to talk about his age. He's a Rico kingpin, man. Maybe, Come on. Maybe if he wasn't indicted so many times, <laughs> we'd have time to talk about his age. Let's get through the criminal cases, and then we could talk about his age. Maybe Joe Biden should commit a crime, and then we wouldn't talk about his age. Dude, you guys are idiots. In the same week that... Uh... <laughs> I read that article of Joe Biden, you know, having to take the short steps into the uh, Air Force One now, you know, for <laughs> the presidential optics. version of the short bus. It was yeah. the same week that uh, they indicted Trump or he got arrested. Right. And uh, he's coming back uh, from the courthouse. And I just. Do you remember he's leaving the courthouse and what does he do? He storms past the limos and everything. He right to the press, and he's just yelling. He's not even mic'd. He's just yelling and storming his way to the press, pointing his finger, just screaming his head off like red face. Like, man, you. When did we ever get that out of Joe Biden? Ever once, man. Just some energy, some life. Frank, he rode in a plane and then a train, and then took a stroll down a road with Zelensky. <laughs> That's the quiet strength. The last time we saw Joe Biden in any sort of genuine motion, he fell over the bike. <laughs> you remember that? It was like a year ago, dude. That's the last time we saw the guy moving any significant distance. He toppled over on the bike and almost killed a reporter. <laughs> the most embarrassing thing of the whole situation was the helmet he was wearing. Jesus Christ. It was almost... White boot, Ron DeSantis. Almost, uh, almost white boot, dude. He almost looks French. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's just, I can't, for me, my favorite part about Trump, I know everybody just is so, you know, just revive. they just can't stand Trump, I know, but, like, the best part of his presidency was he would just come out of that helicopter, storm towards the bay of the reporters, <laughs> and just start screaming at them, answering questions. 
He was just <laughs> so fired up, man. So and I I loved that. That was entertaining. It was fun, and it kind of sent a message to the world, like, uh, you know. This guy means business, man. He could be a clown. He could be a puppy. He very much probably is. But either way, he's showing you that there's a little bit of life and energy and fight behind that puppet. You know? With Joe Biden, yeah. dude, this guy is, you know, I don't even know if it's a mask, how many dolls they have, if it's one of those <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese robotic things that come wheeling out, you know? And it's just, uh, there's a lot of question marks with Joe Biden. So for these idiots at Pod Save America to even, like, you know, like hint at the fact that like, oh, you know, he's a vigorous young man that's like storming around and making decisions. Nobody he went to the war that. zone. He's Nobody. the only president to go to a war zone that wasn't controlled by America. <laughs> yeah. All oh, right. Dude. Sure. Yeah. All right. Nobody believes you. <laughs> no, sorry. No. Not sorry. You guys are liars. <laughs> you guys are doing these like tactics that would have worked 50 years ago before the Internet. Right. Like, now I could just look up. Did Joe Biden go to a war zone? Oh, it looks like he went to Kiev, and it wasn't even like people were having co- coffee at the cafe at the time. Have you, you know? seen some of the viral images coming out of places like Kiev and other areas of Ukraine? It's like people hanging out at the pool, having a good time and party. It looks like an MTV movie shoot. I have never seen a more blatant whack the dog than the Ukrainian war, where it's like, you watch CNN, MSNBC, they are showing the same building that got blown up, right? And it's like, and then you go look online and Twitter, the people are like partying in that same street. <laughs> it's so weird, dude. <laughs> it's really weird. I don't, I, yeah. oh, and I wanted to bring this up with the dude in the cave. <laughs> if you watch the video, I don't even know if this guy really exists or if any of that story is real. The, are you really in a cave? They could that could just be totally faked and CGI and acted and we who's really gonna research it and look into the background of these individuals like that could have just been a massive distraction. Did any new news come out about Hunter Biden? I can only, <laughs> it's the only thing I can really imagine. We'll know if Trump gets indicted tomorrow. Yes, that's right, and I think I predicted this on the uh, Thursday episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's possible some sort of Hunter news got swept under the rug on Friday, and now, and we will know only for sure if on Monday Trump is indicted. Oh, which, and I should have clipped it, they are trying to indict him here in Colorado. For what? I can't remember, but they're also, they're gunning to get him kicked off the ballot. I saw that. There's a lawsuit right now, which is incredible. Talk about. A total overthrow of American democracy. To just have a guy kicked off the ballot like that? And then you're, yeah, they're like, well, he got indicted. So you, so now, let's say Republicans win the next election. Maybe it's not Trump. Ron DeSantis wins. So now he could just go and indict every fucking Democrat. And then we could say, kick him off the ballot. Because they got <laughs> indicted. Even if it was just a political witch hunt. It's an indictment. Kick him off. You know? Well, speaking of the pod boys over there at Save America, they were discussing the Hunter Biden thing briefly, and they they were laughing and poo-pooing it, talking about how they don't get what the whole point would be to indict Hunter Biden, the son of the president. They just couldn't fathom how that would have any impact on anything or, you know, uh, no. what they would be really even be proving by indicting the son of the, pre- of the president. Like, well, you know, what does it even mean? Right? You gotta hear them talking about the impeachment of Joe Biden versus the impeachment of Trump. It's, it, it's coming. They, they cannot believe Republicans would even waste the time looking into the it. resources. That I, I heard them commenting on the. Uh, why would the you resources. waste those resources? Man, we wasted so many time uh, resources on those two impeachments that everybody likes to forget about. Yeah, but that was a man who was trying to overthrow democracy. <laughs> Oh, man, it takes a lot of time to do that. And speaking of time, we've hit that point. Unreal. This is the fastest hour in the universe. There's no doubt about it. Still so much more to talk about. Uh, Can't wait to get to it in the next hour. We got to do the American psycho himself, Gavin Newsom. It will be juicy. But you don't have a lot of time for this one because I did another uh, up-and-comer from the VMAs. This is another one of the six... (laughs) 
best new artist that you can vote for. It is this one of those uh ninety second songs. Her song, I like. I do. I'm like. I'm like looking all around. Everything I found over two minutes was just twenty seconds of bullshit at the beginning. <laughs> And then this, this is like her literal. This is legit her longest song, and is one fifty one. Dude, you know what's funny is we've gone back. So you know, in the time of the Beatles' first album, like "Love Me Do" and "Hold Your Hand," the songs are like ninety seconds. They're like a minute. No, 51. dude, they were hitting two thirty. Those songs are two thirty, two fifty, like two forty. "Love Me Do" is like a minute and like fifty seven seconds. I swear. No, dude, they always. <laughs> Dude, they always broke two minutes. You're trying to sell me this 152 bullshit. This isn't even a whole song, bitch. Finish, fi- finish the fucking song, and you're one of the best up-and-comers. And you know the song is probably a buck twenty-nine on iTunes, right? I guarantee they're going for the I full price. It. <laughs> so it'll cost you the same amount for a seven-minute rendition of uh, two twenty-five. Love me, do. <laughs> oh, I told you, bro. <laughs> they made it worth your dollar. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, this bitch puts out a fucking a, a, an eight-track fucking album. You're you're hitting fifteen minutes. <laughs> All right, let's hit it. Since we got the time, let's do it. <laughs> I gotta pack this bowl. Hurry up. <laughs>